0: hello everyone thanks for joining us on cannabis tech talks i'm patricia miller and joining me today is matt cohen ceo of lively spirits lively spirits is a psychotropic spirits company which recently launched piruana a soluble powder intended to be an alcohol replacement Um, so thanks for joining us matt
1: Thanks for having me, Patricia.
0: Yeah, my pleasure. Um, so let's start with, you've, you've had kind of a long career in cannabis, um, even before the legal scene, so maybe you could tell us a little bit about your journey and you know how you got started in, in cannabis.
1: Well, I've always been on the legal side. It's just been a long time for that legal side to become regulated, right? Uh, so the, the law proposition 215, which is the medical marijuana law that passed in California in 1996, made okay. it legal as soon as 1997, you know, January 1st, 1997, that was the law, right? It became law. Unfortunately, when we wrote, when the people wrote that law, it was the activists that wrote that law didn't write any regulations to go along with it. So a lot of the early days were kind of considered gray market days, but we have always operated on the up and up and worked our asses off to do so. Um, totally. I actually, I, I mean, I dropped out of college to do this, you know, and uh, when I did that, it was, I was always going to be in a legal business. Yeah. So back in like 1998, I was, uh, I was at CU, university of Colorado and Boulder. We produced mm-hmm. a newsletter called the enforcer for campus. It was about the drug war And I was an activist on campus. And I read in my own newsletter about uh, what was happening in Oakland with Oakland Buyers Club and the civil uh, injunction from the Clinton administration, which resulted in the first Supreme Court case, uh, Oakland Buyers Club versus uh, the Clinton administration. That's when I became very aware of like, okay, um, you know, dispensaries are opening up and assuming that they were implied in the law. There's like Mm -hmm. three of them. And there's got, if they're implied in the law, then there's also impl- implications for how they are supplied, right? So we are going to make the bold decision that we think that cannabis corporations that grow uh, flour are also legal. So we formed those corporations in the Bay Area back in 98 uh, with people like Robert Raich was my attorney back then. Robert Raich was the attorney for the Oakland Virus Club at the Supreme Court case. So he also incorporated my first companies back then. Uh, And there was like three dispensaries in the Bay area and we supplied them all. Uh, And that's how I got started. And then, you know, so I evolved as a grower to become a dispensary operator. At one point I ran the Oakland patients group, which just precedes Berkeley patients group and and Harborside health center. Um, And, you know, built roots and, you know, planted roots in Mendocino County uh, and the Bay area growing indoors, outdoors, organically, synthetically, co-founded the Emerald Growers Association, which is now the California Growers Association. Uh, And then I found myself uh, after being raided by the federal government, uh, because uh, we were the the pilot for the Mendocino County 9.31 program, was the first program to license and regulate grows. And we were the poster child. We had international media from this. And because of that, they tried to make an example of us and they, they shut us down. They raided us. It was captured on Frontline the whole raid was captured on my H, my uh, night vision high-death high security system uh, mm-hmm. that was given to Frontline that did an expose on it like over 10 years ago. Um, and then I found myself uh, partnering with Steve D'Angelo at Harborside Health Center. We merged the entire Northstone Organics infrastructure, the farm relations, the, the e-commerce uh, infrastructure into Harborside, which allowed them to now deliver to nine barrier counties and uh, contract flour. Uh, uh, for for the top shelf. I worked with Steve for about a year or so. And then I ended up getting out of the plant touching side and got into the tech side uh, and developed the world's first cannabis dryer through a company called trike. So we got a kind of, of a hack engineer kind of guy, you know, science guy and got into that world for a while with trike. And we developed, we brought Dutch greenhouse technology to the cannabis business Uh, formulated tissue culture, media uh, formulas and things like that. So we did a lot of advanced stuff. We're a bit ahead of our time. uh, That did not work out. Uh, And I was in between gigs and a nutraceutical company reached out to me and said, hey, you know, we got a bunch of technology. We need a cannabis guy. Uh, You're the cannabis guy. I had some tech as well. uh, Some concepts that had been left over from my days, you know, working at Trike. And we kind of put those uh, ideas together and formed a new company uh, with five different founders. Fast forward till today, that company was taken over by me. Uh, it was a tumultuous founder stuff happened back in the day. That's all kind of behind us now. And I took this unique technology and decided that you know we should pioneer the dry spirits category and we should really make um, what is akin to alcohol spirits, a cannabis product that could power uh, cocktails the cocktail occasion, you know, the cannabis built beverage space right now is pretty much seltzers, right? So what else what's coming next? And we thought cocktails was the way to go and that we could really make that um, make that kind of product because we could deliver you the pure essence of the plant, the aroma, the taste and the unique effect with our technology into this powder uh, that powers cocktails. So that's where the term "dry spirit" comes from. It's a double entendre. It's dry. There's no alcohol. It's also dry. It's a powder, uh, but it's a spirit because it can power uh, cocktails, and it's the spirit really of the plant in this uh, in this product.
0: Oh, I like that. So, can you explain a bit what makes it, um, you know, different from other cannabis infused beverages?
1: The biggest thing is that all really, I mean, there's really hardly anything other than the distillate powered beverages these days, right? So distillate is a highly refined purified THC, right? So the waste product from the flower business, the trim, the smaller buds that don't sell for as much, anything that's not going to end up in joints or in a bag of weed goes to these large processors where they really destroy almost all of the compounds and and their final result is this like 90 plus percent pure THC solution. Mm. Um, And that liquid oil uh, is used in emulsions from um, from companies like Vertosa and Source and other companies out there to power uh, ready to drink beverages. So all the other ready to drink beverages in the market today are powered by distillate. So they all have the exact same experience. Uh, They might have a different taste. You know, one might taste like blood oranges or one might taste like lemons or something because of the food, the flavoring additives for the seltzer. But when it comes to the experience of the cannabis plant, it's a, it's a flat, you know, non-strain specific experience. It does not bring you an aroma. It does not bring you a taste. It does not bring you a unique effect. You can't modulate your energetic highs or your, or your more relaxing highs, you can, you know, um, and what we're finding is because we've been able to weaponize and make highly bioavailable, these hundred plus volatile compounds in each cultivar that we can really curate the experience. Hmm. Uh, that's unlike what is even possible with alcohol. I'm sure I could get a bartender to, to debate me on this. Hey, there's tequila makes you kind of crazy, you know, and whiskey kind of makes you a little or you know, and vodka is kind of <laughs> middle of the road. <laughs> But I don't think, you know, what we're talking about here is yeah, you drink three, you know, cocktails that are powered by Blue Dream, you're gonna be chatty. Like you're mm. gonna be talkative, you're gonna be standing up. Uh if you're drinking on, uh, you know, three cocktails of, of Venom OG, the other end of the spectrum, you know, you're probably gonna be staring at the wall. <laughs> you know, you're okay. gonna be much more relaxed. And the alcohol business can't really do that that well. I mean, the closest thing to it would be like a Red Bull and vodka right yeah
0: so i haven't yeah in my experience so far i haven't seen any sp- strain specific um powders
1: there's there's you know the edible business has been after this trend for a while because strain specific is something that's interesting something that's all this is uh, you, can't ha- you can't make distillate and keep the live compounds live because you're cooking the stuff. You're cooking it at very high temperatures mm-hmm. uh, and, and destroying and volatilizing uh, the delicate compounds. So even if you were to take a live extract and put it in a gummy, you're still going to have the same experience because your stomach acids are going to destroy all those terpenes and they're not going to be psychotropic what's going to happen is that Delta nine THC that you've ingested, it's going to find its way to your liver. It's going to become emulsified. It's going to convert to 11 hydroxy THC and you're going to have the edible high,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? So unless you're using an emulsion technology, it doesn't matter if it's live or cured or distillate or how premium that oil is, it's going to go to your liver. It's going to convert to 11 hydroxy. So all edibles have that same high. Oh. If you use an emulsion with distillate, you're going to have a rapid onset effect. You're going to have a Delta nine effect. It's not going to go to your liver. However, if you're using distillate, it's going to be that same distillate high. So mm-hmm. the most advanced edibles in the market that are using live products are still the same effects as the, non, as the non advanced inputs and all of the beverages that are using distillate all have the same high too. So we're really differentiating between all the edibles and all the beverages, uh, in that we are the only way to ingest the cannabis plant strain cultivar and have its unique effects without combustion okay only possible way to do it in the market today
0: and how how are you able to preserve the integrity
1: of the plant great question it's it's uh it's a long haul, you know, it yeah. starts way back at the plant, right? I mean, we have to choose that right plant. It has to be grown to pure expression, it has to be grown at the right cost under the sun sustainably, because that's where our value set is. It needs to be organically grown, um, not USDA certified organic, but if the USDA owns that term, we can't call this organic, but grown mm-hmm. with organic best practices, we believe that will give you the purest expression. Then you've got to retain that expression. So we freeze it right there the day we pick it. Okay, Uh, And then that material is then uh, goes to a live uh, extraction process that uh, does not adulterate any of those volatile compounds in any way. And then we emulsify that oil uh, with a food grade, organic uh, taste good emulsification uh, formula that's proprietary. And then we take that uh, like pancake batter type stuff. And we dry that on a, a proprietary drying machine that we invented and built. And that dries the, the emulsion at ambient temperatures. So there, you know, there's no pressure, there's no heat, there's nothing to volatilize those smell and flavor compounds. And we've also made them so that they've they bypass first pass metabolism, which means they're not going to go run to the liver and have a delayed onset, like an edible, they're going to be rapidly absorbed like a, like a electrolyte. Mm -hmm. Right. It goes right through your, your body knows how to sort through that stuff. Right. If it's an oil, it goes, ah, we got to digest this more, go to the liver, let us emulsify you. Mm -hmm. If it's ready to go, it'll go right through your uh, digestive system, right into your bloodstream. So we essentially trick the body. And then make the cells marry up to our product and, and love it, uh, you know, is really what's kind of going on. But the preservation side, it, there's, there's a lot about never hitting high temperatures in the whole process, the whole way through. So we're never volatilizing anything. And then the powder, when it's dry, is now stable. And uh, that those active ingredients are inside of a vessel that has been stabilized the product. So the powder doesn't smell like uh, OG Kush right? But the minute you drop that powder in water, oh, it smells just like the greenhouse at harvest. Oh. Uh, it comes back to life.
0: And so does and it taste like, like cannabis then?
1: Yeah, it tastes just like a high quality dab of oh, wow. an awesome strain, right? Or, you know, even like a dry hit uh, off of a premium joint. Like if you just take a dry hit and taste the, the strain, that oh. tastes the best part of the taste not the uh cellulose and the green chlorophyll tastes but the premium tastes that are found in premium live resins and things like that and live rosins is coming through into the glass certain strains don't work that great they taste awful um and uh even though they might have a great you know name like you know uh, you know, some sort of banana, something or whatever, or whatever, they might not taste that great. So we had a lot of R and D to figure out which strains t- the growers were willing to grow. They had the right yields that were available in the market that tasted good, smelled good, had a name that people would be interested in and had an effect that was admirable. You know, That was, you know, marketable that we thought that people were going to like, because we want people after they had a couple drinks like they've sessioning their way to their buzz to land at a buzz that there's going to be a memorable buzz. And there's a big difference out there. I think we help, um, reveal the real truth of these strains on what they're and what, and what they provide to you psychotropically, because it's so gently absorbed into your system.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. There's a lot of science behind it. And I love kind of exploring that and diving into the different ways to manipulate the plant in the production process to create really wildly different results. So I appreciate you sharing that with us. You're um, you're so passionate about it and you've been involved in the scene for a long time. Where does that um, enthusiasm come from? Why are you so stoked about the plant?
1: Uh, it picked me, I think, you know, I think the plant picked me out because one of the first time I consumed it when I was in high school, like immediately I just felt right. Like I felt like something was like, there was a missing piece in my psyche. Uh, so my body loves cannabis. Like I, like I, 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 my, you ask my wife, she'll tell you, like, I'm a much better person when I have plenty of cannabinoids running through my system. And it's just always been that way. And I've tried in the past, you know, in my younger years thinking to myself, well, maybe it's not the best thing for me. Let's try to dry out and see what that's like. And it doesn't, it doesn't work for me. I, I'm just, I feel better uh, when I consume cannabis. So then when that, it became a big part of my life, I didn't like breaking the law you know, because I didn't consider myself somebody that was a law breaking type of person. Mm -hmm. So it pissed me off, you know, and I got mad in college about it. Um, And ever since then, it was like, really kind of trying to protect my own liberty. And then I started looking at other people's own liberties around it. And so I was very passionate about um, my own liberty. Uh, And uh, now that it's the plants being freed, it's, it's really fulfilling for me, you know, uh, you know, to see this, all this drug war, you know, kind of crumbling, you know, and been on the front line this whole time, uh, you know, the risk of going to, to, to federal pen with a 10 year mandatory minimum doesn't seem to be that likely anymore, but there's certainly been plenty of times where it was highly likely, uh, for us. And, um, so I think, you know, it's, it's become my life's work. Uh, I love, I love piruana. Like, like piruana is a, a lifesaver for me because I can't drink alcohol anymore. I've got a severe case of gout that predisposition to gout and alcohol triggers it. So I absolutely can't drink alcohol, wow. um, uh, and smoking. I, I prefer to drink it over smoking it now. So it's kind of replaced smoking and drinking alcohol for me at, at the same time. Um, and I've been doing this for 20 years and I've taken a lot of risks in my life. So, you know, making this one hit is really important to me. very passionate about, um, you know, basically bringing something so potentially, uh, world changing to the market too. You know, if, if, if this takes, makes a dent on alcohol and, uh, makes a lot of people happier and healthier, you know, I think that's a great thing.
0: Yeah. It's super exciting to think that we could be showing people an alternative. Like that's, that's, comparable. And I think the predictability, the consistency is going to be super powerful for, for people, um, especially people who maybe are reluctant to, to try cannabis because they're afraid of the effects. Like, oh, I don't know how it's going to affect me. How long is it going to last? Is it going to be too strong? So I can really appreciate that predictability. Um, and then Lively Spirits. Do you have other projects that you're working on or hoping on for the future of the company? Because right now you've got Purwana. Um What's what's your next big big project that you want to do with with Lively Spirits?
1: Originally, the company uh, had a had all this technology and was looking at powering products, like being an ingredient company. And when I took over the company, I started looking at like, okay, you know, how do we go direct to the consumer with the, these products? Like what How do we leverage this technology to make awesome consumer products? And pirouhanna was a really obvious one. And then we realized, you know what? There's a lot of other plants that are getting freed right now. And those plant plants have also have bioavailability issues like the medicinal or psychotropic compounds are oil-based and are going to have to go through first pass metabolism or their alkaloids that are still going to have to go through first pass metabolism. So we realized that, you know, as these new plants think plants like certain fungi, like psilocybin, right. Or even Kava Kava that's legal. Now mm-hmm. uh, there's ways to improve these plants that have psychotropic properties to make them a taste better be stronger, have quicker onset, be more sessionable, uh, and predictable, and that they're all going to have the same problem that, uh, cannabis has, and that you're not going to be able to mix them with alcohol as a preservative. Uh, you know, alcohol is, uh, regulated, uh, and I don't see these psychotropic plants and alcohol getting regulated together at a federal Mm -hmm. level anytime soon. So you got to have some other way to preserve this, this product and, and, um, So getting the water out is how you do that. You know, you reduce the water activity and you preserve all the volatile compounds. A lot of these other plants also have volatile compounds that can steer the effects the same way cannabis has the entourage effect, right? Uh, That's why smoking distillate versus smoking distillate with terpenes is a completely different experience because the terpenes can modulate the effect of THC. There's similar analogs with psilocybin and other different types of psychotropic uh compounds out there so our our play is to you know as these plants are freed make them available in the most common way people are used to recreating which is drinking right it's accessible um and that we will continue to build out more and more dry spirits and i think the most likely next one would probably be psilocybin um and we think that uh we can make it uh Sessionable. We think we can make it manageable. So it's not going to give you a stomachache. It's not going to taste like crap. It's not going to take 20, 30 minutes to kick in. And it's not going to have a ride for, you know, four or five hours. It's going to be something that you could take at a concert or, or, you know, at a retreat or whatever, however you're using it medicinally or recreationally, that you have a controlled dose, uh, onset and offset.
0: Wow. That would be so powerful. That's wild how did you think, I mean, I know there's so many regulations and stuff around it or, you know, restrictions around working with that at this point. Is that something that's. Yeah. We're not,
1: it. yeah we're not really touching it now because it's not legal yet, you know? So, yeah. but um, we, we know enough to be dangerous about what's possible with our tech. Um, and we made the bold move of saying, Hey, You know, we're not the old company everybody used to think we were, which was called Bio back in the day, and we were trying to be an ingredient company. We're a new company. We're a a customer-facing company. We're going after the cocktail market with as many psychotropics as we can, and Pure One is the first one.
0: That's awesome. How exciting. Well, where can people go to learn more about your work and follow what you're doing?
1: Uh, purwana.com is the most obvious place, P-U-R-E-J-U-A-N-A.com. And then, um, you know, connect with me on LinkedIn. If you want to follow what I'm talking about, you know, out there in, in the world, um, and then you can purchase the product at Piruana.com and have it delivered to your door in all of LA County and Northern Orange County. We're opening up more uh, fulfillment around the state. There are dispensaries across the state that carry the product. There's maps on our website. You can see about that. And then I encourage people when they come to the website to sign up for our events because this is, uh, I mean, you know, as you could tell, this this is a lot. This is a major, majorly disruptive new product and it's kind of hard for people to just accept what I've said on face value. So the way to really get it is to come to one of our free events and drink some cocktails with us. You'll see for yourself.
0: That's awesome. Um, Before we wrap up, is there anything else you'd like to touch on that maybe we didn't cover during our
1: chat? Um, Nothing really comes to mind for me. Uh, You've been a great interviewer. I appreciate your time.
0: Oh yeah. It's my pleasure. I'm always excited to learn about new technology and disruptive tech is my favorite. So,
1: Is there anything um, other questions you have about the tech that you want to know about? I mean, I know that's kind of the focus of the show. There's a certain amount of places I'm not willing to go, but feel free to fire off a question. I'll take you as far as I'm willing to go.
0: Yeah. I would love to learn more about about the technology itself. I was reluctant to ask because I, I know you'd mentioned there were proprietary processes and I don't know how deep you can dive into it, but... Can you elaborate a bit on how, how the technology works or, or how the process unfolds for, for doing this? I know we touched on it briefly
1: earlier. Yeah, I mean I think that you know getting live product into an emulsion has to do with you know choosing the strains, growing them and freezing them and doing uh, live extraction and making live concentrates. There's a lot of people doing that in the market today. So that's not there's nothing ex- there's some we have some new unique ways we do it that are novel, but I think that other people are making live concentrates, right? So that that happens. The emulsion side of it is really where the magic is. How you get this Active ingredient to just rapidly absorb, right? Um, and what I can tell you about that is that uh, a lot of people in the business think, of, you know, hey, it's about being small, right? And I can tell you that we don't think that's the whole story. Okay. Uh, we think at the end of the day, you just want cells to love you. <laughs> you know, yeah. So how do you make cells love you? Uh, and I think we've been lucky in that we started off with a value set around organic products and things like that and and really clean label. And that's what we've been working with and and, and messing with. And we've been able to get uh, our product to perform without the use of lots of other pharmaceutical chemicals that the other companies are trying to use right now. And we think it's actually given us an upper hand um, in terms of uh, how the product can onset and offset and uh, the psychotropic nature of all the other compounds involved. Uh, and then, of course, once you've got this emulsion, if you once you dry it, we believe that drying it actually helps it become more powerful and more effective than its liquid form. So the rehydrated version of it is better than the never been dry version of it. Um, uh, that's something that we believe and that this drying technology and how gentle it is is also a real key element of it all. I'm not willing to talk about how we do that, um, but I am willing to talk. Uh, you know, dance around a, a little bit about, you know, what we're doing there.
0: And does it seem like, um, you know, maybe having more of those chemicals and things that you mentioned, does that make the cells love it a little bit less? I mean, is it, is it harder? to I, I,
1: I, I think that that is, uh, I think that that makes sense to me, you know, uh, again, you know, what, we started off as a company that had, you know, Major, major chief science officers and a huge science team and a bunch of so we had gone down the road of doing tons of research because we were looking to power A B and Dev. I mean, I was trying to do deals with Tilray, you know, back as the biz dev guy, and we realized that those companies expected a lot. You know, they wanted to see all these pharmacokinetic studies and so forth, but we weren't doing what other people were doing. We weren't just making pure THC and trying to track how pull do blood draws and see where the THC is going in your system and how fast. We're doing the whole plant, you know, and all those compounds and how those compounds interact with your endoc- endocannabinoid system. And that's very, very complicated stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the cost of just going through all those types of pharmacokinetic studies to see how this entourage of 100 plus compounds is impacting these people's endocannabinoid systems on a blood draw was like, whoa. Uh, and we, we, we talked to several universities about it and they basically were like, look, let's just start with THC. And I'm like, okay, you already lost me. You know, we're, we're not, you know, we need to get to market and there's this already a product that's awesome. So I'm not going to wait to be able to tell everybody why this ratio of limonene and myrcene and you know caryophylline and different types of canoflabins and c can- major cannabinoids are all working in in harmony with this type of endocannabinoid system it's just it's a we need decades of research you know uh to really be able to say this is why so we operate a lot on our own instincts. We drink this stuff right as it comes off the tap, you know, just like a brewer would. You know, I don't think you're going to be talking to a lot of brewers out there going, oh, you know, this is what's happening pharmacokinetically with my beer. You know? um, so that's the that's the, the track we've taken. And that's why we don't go B2B. You know, we're, that's why we we're not looking to be an ingredient company. We're looking to just create an experience for the consumers and make keep making it better and better and better.
0: I love that. I appreciate you diving a little deeper into it with me. No problem. Um, all right. Well, on that note, um, I'll ask any of our listeners out there if you enjoyed today's uh, discussion, feel free to follow us on Apple, Spotify, our Heart Radio, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, our summer issue is also available on Barnes and Noble newsstands right now. So run out and grab a copy or download it via Magster issue. Um, and until next time, this has been Patricia Miller and Matt Cohen and signing off.
1: Today's episode of Cannabis and Tech Talks is brought to you by Enlighten. Enlighten helps companies in the cannabis space better understand, navigate, and reach customers throughout the entire customer journey. Enlighten's team of technologists, data analysts, and marketing professionals provide technology solutions and marketing services so clients can identify, attract, and retain new customers and unlock new opportunities that will increase profitability and help them gain competitive advantages in the market. Enlighten also supports small and emerging brands in the market with a simple and effective self-service platform called AdSuite. To learn more about Enlighten and everything they have to offer, go to (laughs) getenlightened.io.